we are in the last uh, installment of our series, Building God Chasers, is what we've been talking about for the entirety of the month. And it's hard to believe that the month has already ended, uh, about to end. This is the last Sunday of the month. And so week one, we talked about passion and we talked about how to cultivate passion and a love for Jesus above everything else. In week two, we talked about true worship and we talked about how the worship is not just a song or an activity that we do on Sunday, but worship is a lifestyle that is submitted to Christ on a regular basis. In week three, we talked about forgetting what's behind. And part of the understanding is in order to chase after God means that we must first uh, put our past behind us. Paul, as we talked last week, he had uh, some things that he was not too proud about, mainly that he had persecuted the church and he had affirmed the death of many innocent Christians. And But Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And Paul persevered and he completed the ministry that Jesus had given to him. And so today we're going to conclude the series today talking about overcoming temptation, overcoming temptations. Now, I believe that one of the main obstacles uh, that we face in chasing after God is unholy temptation because there is uh, the possibility to be uh, tempted to do the right thing. So today when I talk about temptations, I'm talking about unholy temptations, those temptations that will sort of pull us away or outside of the boundaries by which God has assigned us. And so I think it's no secret to say, and we saw it there in the video a moment ago, that Satan would do everything he can to try and derail our lives and try to keep us from the will of God. Obviously, you see that he tempted Jesus, and you know if he tempted Jesus, you know that, that he's going to tempt us. The Bible says that Satan comes to kill steal and destroy. Satan doesn't come to play house with us. He hates us because we have been marked as children of God. So the Bible says he come to steal, kill and destroy. And he's going to do everything in his power as long as we are on this earth to tempt us outside of the will of God. And I want to say this because this is one of the things that um, I think I talk about a lot with my own kids. I struggle with this because the base and the deception that that Satan uses today. And I really believe this. This is just my personal opinion. Uh, the base and the deceptions that he used today are uh, the strongest in history, I believe. I believe there's no temptation. The temptations that that our generation face today with the advances in technology and and uh, with the advances of medicine and all these different kinds of things that, and you know, that, that, that the temptations is so much harder. And I'm trying to imagine myself, think about it, a child or anybody could actually go online on the internet and basically have the whole world at its fingertips. You can get any information, all the information you need about anything. It used to be a time you had to go ask somebody. But now you can just get on the Internet, plug it in and bam, all the information is there for you. Sometimes too much information. And so Satan uses these things to cause us to be uh, blinded and he calls us to lose our way. And so in order to win over temptation, then we have to be purposeful and disciplined. I'm going to say that again. In order to win over temptation, we have to be purposeful and we must be disciplined. 
In other words, we just can't hope that we won't be tempted because how many know that we are going to be tempted? Just can't hope it away. But we have to make decisions. We have to make choices. And we're going to overcome the temptations that confront us today, the unholy temptations. And you and I have to put ourselves in positions where we won't be tempted. Uh, it's kind of like saying that it's kind of like a, a person that goes into a, a, a strip club and pray that, 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 that there no naked women are going to be there. Come on. Uh, how many know that he shouldn't be there in the first place? And so one of the things that the enemy that, that the enemy wants that, that he does is he's he deceives us and, and he makes us think that somehow that we can put ourselves in certain situations and that by the strength of, of just sheer will that, that we can resist. Somewhere in the Bible I read where the Apostle Paul says, have no confidence in the flesh. Paul says you have zero confidence in the flesh, meaning that watch this church. Your spirit man is saved, but your flesh is not, right? <laughs> your flesh is not saved. Your flesh is just as wicked as it always has been. Your flesh needs, to, needs redemption. And so like Paul said, we have to, that's why Paul said we have to own the regular. We have to beat our flesh and we have to make our flesh do what it needs to do. Because our flesh is corrupt. And so one of the things that we don't want to do is we don't want to empower the flesh. And so we got to learn how if we're going to overcome temptation and we're going to be a true God chasers, then we got to be disciplined enough to say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to put myself into position. And, you know, it's amazing because I was having this conversation with my wife. But but sometimes she makes choices, you know, that our coworkers can't they don't quite understand. They're just certain things that she don't do. And, you know, they'll say things. You, you've heard this. Well, it's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of this or that. And it's not wrong. With, it's nothing wrong with going out with somebody and a co-worker. You know, it doesn't matter to just have a, a drink or something along those lines. And one thing my wife always says, my wife says, well, I don't put myself in position. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? And, and, and people will look at you today like, like you're strange. Well, what's wrong with that? Um, I, was, I was listening, um, and, and I'm just, and, and this will make sense to you later. But y'all know Mike Pence is the, is the uh, vice president of our country. And one of the things that he said is, and, the, and everybody went crazy about it. Now, if you're a Christian, you should understand it. But people of the world didn't get it. But what, what President, uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence said, he said that he don't go and have dinner with a woman alone. He's, he just don't do it. He's making it a practice. He just don't do it. And I remember the press man, they, just, they thought he was an absolute nut. Well, Part of the part of the thing is, if we're going to be God chasers, we got to understand our own weaknesses, right? So you, you can't play with Satan. You, you you can't play with sin. You're not you're not strong enough. Are you here? Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? You're not strong enough to overcome the temptation and things that He's going to throw you away. You can't do it. And I know part of that's why the Bible says, "Let him who stand, watch this, be careful lest he falls," because there's something in our mind that tells us, "You know what? I can do this." You know, I can I can handle it. You know, I can I can bring this person into my bedroom and my hotel room and not do anything. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? And then what happens is you find yourself compromised. You're like, man, I, I, I thought I was strong enough. The problem is we are not because this is a matter of our life. Right. This is a matter of destiny. This is a matter of purpose. And so we're going to be a God chaser. We're chasing after the thing for which God has apprehended us. We want to fulfill his mandate in the earth. 
So then if I'm going to be a true God chaser and experience the full measure of what God has for me, I have to discipline myself. We'll talk about that here in a moment. So I want to jump right into uh, this thing of temptation. So I want to start by saying, and I, and I do need to say this because this is something that I struggle with very early in my Christian walk. And I'm sure that some of you may have struggled with the same thing. But one of the things that we got to learn, church, I want you to get this. It is not a sin to be tempted. I'm going to say that again. It's not a sin to be tempted. One of the things that I struggle with early on is I used to get so upset at myself. Because I would have these thoughts that I didn't like. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? These ungodly thoughts that kind of come in your mind and you know they're not right. You don't even like them. But, but you ever thought something and you offended yourself? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, you, you offend yourself by your own thoughts, you know? And so here I am, I'm sitting there battling, and then I felt, and then, you know, it's, I'm reading my Bible every day, man, and I'm praying, boy, and I'm looking at this thing, and I still find myself, I found myself being pulled. I found that, that I was being tempted and I felt this struggle and I, no, no, nobody quite, I, nobody really explained it to me in a way that I understood what was going on. And I remember, I'll never forget it, walking down in Tyson's Corner on Route 7, down in Tyson's Corner. I remember walking because I was taking a walk and I lived not too far from there. So I'm taking a walk down the road and I remember saying to God and I said this, I said, Lord, I can't live the life you want me to live. I said, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And, 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 and then the frustration was that, that there was this temptation, there was this battle in the flesh, and I didn't quite understand what it was about. And then as I began to grow in my faith, God began to show me that this is part of our struggle. How many know that the struggle, the temptation is going to always be there? There's never going to be a point in time in your walk with God on this side of heaven where you're not going to feel a pull to do wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? You're always going to be tempted. There's no such thing of I'm growing to maturity and I've come to a place where I have arrived and, and I'm not tempted anymore. I don't know anybody like that, right? And if somebody tell you that, you need to take them to see a psychologist because something is wrong in their thinking. Because all of us are going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, right? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, says, For we do not have a high priest, watch this church, I love this verse, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. So this, this tells me something. So we have Jesus, who was the God-man who came on the earth Fully God and fully man. So in part, he went through what he had to go through as a man to show us how to deal with temptation when it comes. And, and, and you saw in that video, it was a depiction, but you saw even the struggle of how Satan comes and, and he puts all this pressure. But the Bible says that Jesus, watch this, was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. So he was tempted in all points like us. In other words, church, watch this. See, it's the same temptations. The packages are just different. <laughs> and it's nothing new under the sun. Satan has been tempting, uh, you know, with, with, with immorality, with lust, with pride, with hate, with, thief, with, with, with thievery. Whatever it is, it's always been there. It's just packaged differently for us today. So we understand that it's not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin when we give in. To that temptation. Now the Bible talks about in James. I want you to look at James chapter uh, one, uh, verses twelve through fifteen. It kind of show us what is the 
uh, what is the, 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 the driver? What is the thing that is in us that is wrong that caused us to want to do wrong? Causes us to, to struggle. But it says in, in uh, James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, listen to this. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. In other words, that's the person that don't give in to it. It's going to come. The Bible says, you're blessed. You're blessed. It's going to come. Temptation is going to come. He said, you're blessed when you don't give in to it, when you don't succumb to it, but you endure it. In other words, you stand up against it. All right. For when he has been approved, and here's what God, how many know God wanted to bless us? He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So he's given us a picture of a person of all of us, really, who are going to have to be enduring various temptations of all kinds. But when he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. But watch this. But let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot, cannot be tempted by evil. So here's his here's key point. God is, God is not the one tempting us to do wrong. God cannot do that. Now, what God does is God allow us to be tempted. All right. But God does not tempt us to do evil. Nowhere in the scripture will you will find what God actually tempts us to do evil. He doesn't do that. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So, but watch this. Here's the problem. But each one, everybody say each one. That means every individual is tempted. Here's when you're tempted. When he is drawn away by his own desires. Watch this. And entice. Now watch. Now this is important because what Satan does is, and this is why it's important that if we're going to be true, real God chasers, we have to know what our weaknesses are. Are you aware of your weaknesses? See, all of us have weaknesses, right? You remember Shaquille O'Neal was a basketball player for the Lakers years ago, and Shaquille O'Neal was a dominant force in the paint. But Shaquille O'Neal couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. He could not. And, and so that was a weakness. So he would try, he would practice a whole lot to try to manage his weaknesses, but he knew what his weakness was. And so he tried to build his game to be able to combat the weakness. How many know that all of us have a weakness of some kind? We all have a struggle of something. We're battling something. And so, and, 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 and it's an unholy thing. And, and so part of what the enemy does is Satan identifies our weaknesses. Watch this. And that's the place where he attacks. See, he identifies the areas that we, we're weak at. If you got a problem with anger, he's going he's gonna to attack you in, in, in that area of anger. You understand what I'm saying? If you got a problem with forgiveness, he's going to attack you in the area of forgiveness. If you got a problem with lust, he's going to attack you in the area of sexual immorality. You follow what I'm saying? If you got a problem with, with money, then he's going to attack you in the area of money. In other words, he's going to identify those areas of weakness and that's where he's going to attack. So that's where he latches on to. Because, see, if it's not a weakness for you, if it's not a problem for you, he can't win you over. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But we're won over when he identifies that thing in us that is broken. And then that's the, then that's the thing that we got to be aware of because that's the area that he's going to attack us in. So we got to watch it. We got to be careful. We got to be we got to watch our steps. We got to watch what we do. But he says, but well, everyone is tempted. Uh, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So part of being a God chaser is recognizing, you know what? I, I got these problems and you know what? 
you know, I'm not going to go with you today. I'm not going to do that today. I know you're hanging out over here, but why not? Because I just, you know, I don't feel right in my spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you, I, I don't, something's just not right. I don't feel comfortable with this. You really can't put your finger on it. See, if you're walking with God, you have those moments. You can't even put your finger on it, but you just know you're not supposed to do it. You just know you're not supposed to go there. And, it don't, and it's not anything wrong on the surface. You, you follow what I'm saying? It's just maybe that maybe it's a company or maybe it's something the guy's trying to protect. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? And so we don't want to ignore that because that's God's way of watching over us. And so let's look at, I want you to turn now to 1 Peter 5, 8, and let's talk a little bit about Satan, Satan on the attack because we, we kind of hinted toward it, but I, I want to get into a little bit more. So, so we understand that it's not a, uh, a sin to be tempted, so we understand that, and that we've established that, and we also understand that we all have struggles, and these are the areas that we got to guard. We got to uh, be careful. We got to guard ourselves. Now, why? Why are we doing that? First Peter five, verses eight and nine. Look at this. The Bible says there, be sober. <laughs> be vigilant. Because your adversary, how many know that it's personal? You have an adversary. Well, I ain't did nothing. Nobody. How many know that Satan is your adversary? The very fact that you became a Christian makes Satan your adversary. He's after you. Even before you became a Christian, Satan is still an adversary. He don't mean us any good. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking devour. Now, I want you to understand the language there. Because, the, see, Peter here is using some very violent language. Because you ever seen those, uh, you know, those National Geographic shows, whatever those shows are, and you see a, you see a lion when it attacks his prey? Man, it's, it's nothing pleasant about that, is it? I mean, once a lion gets his teeth into his prey, I mean, it's violent. I mean, you see that? I mean, he rips it. I mean, he tears it apart and then he eats it. I mean, I mean, and, and so the picture here is that Satan, watch this. Satan is looking at us the same way that I want you. He's looking at you and I as prey. So he walks around trying to find somebody where he can entice. He walks around trying to find somebody who will take the bait. So he's looking, and here's what he don't want to He don't want to just mess with your life. Remember I told you that the Bible says he come to steal, kill, and destroy? He want to kill you. He want to violently destroy your purpose and abort your destiny. And so we got to be discerning to understand that. So the Bible says we got to be sober. We got to be vigilant. And if you, how many know we're living in a generation today that... If we're not sober and we're not vigilant, you lot to get yourself hurt for real, real quick. I mean, there are so many pitfalls that are out there. It's like land landmines all over the place. So watch. So he tells us to be sober, says to be vigilant because he's seeking for someone whom to devour. But here's the thing he says, though. He says, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So in other words, he's Peter saying we're all in this thing together. Every one of us are struggling. Every one of us got to hold ourselves accountable. And which brings us to uh, our text here in John and in Luke chapter number four about Jesus's temptation. So I read it at the beginning. So I'm just going to highlight and extrapolate a couple of points out of that. And then we'll get you out of here. But first, I want you to understand here that Jesus was led to be tempted. Verse one says Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He returned from Jordan and he was led by the spirit 
into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days by the devil. Man, does, that, does, it, does something just seem wrong with that, <laughs> right? We just kind of look at it. I mean, he was led. I mean, the Holy Spirit led him. Now, it wasn't God that tempted him. Y'all with me? It was the Holy Spirit that led him there because what? Now, why does God does that? Because understand this, that you and I as humans, we are made in the image of God, right? God made you and I to make choices. That's the image of God. We're not robots. We, he could have made us a robot. He could have designed us in a way that we just did whatever he said do, but he didn't do that. He made us in, our, in his image. So just like Jesus had to choose let me know that we got to choose right way. We got to choose to do right. We got to make choices. That's the way it is. That's the way it was in the garden. How me know when, when Adam and Eve sinned, God put them in the garden and he says, you know, don't do this. But he left it up to them whether or not they were going to obey. And it's the same principle here. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, led them in the wilderness to be tempted because Jesus now is about to start his ministry. But as a man... As a man who was starting his ministry, he was going to face some strong opposition from the devil. And a lot of times, God would allow us to go through trials and tribulations to train us for what he want to do in our lives. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all know God is, God is equipping you and I for something. There's everyone who's called by God, who's a child of God, you are equipped for something. God is, God is preparing you for something. So watch. So then we see that the devil then comes to Jesus in verse number two, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. For 40 days, he was tempted for 40 days, all, right, all 40 days. And in those days, he ate nothing. He didn't eat one thing. And afterward, now the devil was already tempting him. But but the, the, the context here is he brings up, I mean, he ratchets up the, the tempo even more. It says when the, when those 40 days had ended and he was hungry, that's when the devil start talking to him in, in, in a very, very ferocious way. See, the, Satan was attacking Jesus where there was a perceived weakness. He was hungry. See, one of the things that we got to learn about ourselves is we got to learn when we're at the point of weakness. Emotionally, we got to learn when we're weak. You know, devil comes, you know, you find a husband and a wife that's struggling in a marriage, for an example. Then Satan will always send Mr. Fix-It. Uh, or, or Miss Universe right at the time when you're struggling. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Satan will always, he, you know, at a, at a time, man, when you're having financial problems, you know, he'll tempt you with an opportunity to do something that is unethical. It, and it always comes right at that moment where you're weak. He comes at that moment, man, when you're depressed and you don't know how you're going to make. That's the moment that Satan comes. He always comes, watch church, where there is a perceived weakness. Why? Because he is looking for somebody to devour. He's looking to destroy our lives. So he's, Jesus now is hungry. And now Satan now, he, I mean, he's telling a man, he's saying, well, if you're the son of God, what a way to start. If you're the son of God. How many know it's important to know who you are? <laughs> How many you know you're a child of God? So the enemy comes to you and say, if you're the child of God, you ought to know better than that, right? It ain't no if. You know right off the bat that he's trying to set you up, right from the beginning. And so we see here now, now watch this. So Satan now, he wants to tempt Jesus with all the kingdoms of the world. Look at verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. 
And the devil said to him, verse 6, all this authority, watch this, all this authority I will give you. See? See how the devil is tricking him? He, he's, he's weak. He's telling, what, all, you know, I will give you this authority. How many know Jesus already has authority? See, it's important to know that what we already have, you see. All this authority I will give you and, and their glory. See? So Satan now is presenting Jesus with a broken world, but he practices it in a way that, that this is glorious, man. I'm, if, 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 if you just do what I want you to do, I'm going to give you all of this. You can have it all. You remember Adam and Eve? Man, if you just eat this fruit, God is really keeping something from you. But if you go ahead and eat this fruit, you, man, you will be like a God yourself. You will have it all. How do you know he hasn't changed his tactics? He's still doing the same thing today, taking people up in the high places and showing them stuff. And he, and he shows them the glory of it all. And Satan always packages that which is broken as something that is good, right, and healed. He's a master deceiver. And so he, he comes and he comes and he says, oh, you know, you know he, he, he never shows you. I mean, he'll tempt someone with drugs, but he never shows people. How many know when he's actually using a bait? He never shows a person strung out on drugs in the street, you know, lying in their, lying in their own vomit. And he never shows that, right, church? He always he shows you with a, 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 the appearance of glory. You know what? If you get this high, you can have a good time. You can ba da da da. And he never really shows you what it really is, because that's what he does. He's a master deceiver, and so he he's trying to deceive Jesus. I'll give you all of this, and and Jesus knew exactly who he was, and he knew exactly what was taking place, and he was able to guard against it. And then verse number nine. It reveals exactly what happened. Look at verse number nine. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle. So you see now, Satan keeps trying. How many know he's going to keep trying? Uh, he ain't going to stop. He's going to keep trying to get you. He's never going to stop. He's going to keep trying. He's going to be always looking. That's why you always got to be on guard. You always have to be on guard against the attacks of the enemy. Always. When you go on vacation, how many know you got to be on guard? All right. When you're outside of church, you got to be on guard. You just can't be. You got to be on guard all the time. All right. So look at in verse number nine. Then he brought him on to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if here we go again, if you are. Well, wait a minute. I already know who I am. But if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now, you see that Jesus the whole time, every time Satan tried to tempt him, Jesus kept saying one one phrase. You know what that phrase was? He kept saying. It is written. It is written. It is written. Now you see how important the word is as it relates to overcoming temptation. He kept saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. And so what we see now is Satan now reveals his true intentions. He wanted to get Jesus to jump. Just jump. He wanted to kill him. He wanted Jesus and ministry to be destroyed. Just jump up. I mean, you're the son of God, right? Hey, just jump out of this thing and God will. Uh, and I really believe that had Jesus obeyed Satan, that he wouldn't have made it. I really believe that. But Jesus, knowing that he only worshiped God, he's only going to obey God, he rejected it. But, but we see here what Satan was really after. He's after his ministry. He's after, he was after even back then, before you and I was on the earth, Satan was after us then. How much more is he after us now? But thanks be unto God, Jesus Jesus rebuked him 
And he said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And he told him to get away from him. But look at verse number 13 in that same chapter. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, everybody say every. <laughs> I mean, I mean, man, he was fine. I mean, he was a rapid succession. Okay. After he had ended every temptation, threw everything at him that he had that day, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now, this is the son of God. So on that day, after he threw Jesus all the punches that he could handle, the Bible says that he left them on that day until he can come back and get them when there was another opportunity, which meant that Satan was still looking. I've been saved 27 years. I have you know that Satan is trying to tempt me. I, I, I can tell whether you know it or not, but he's been trying to tempt me for 27 years <laughs> that I've been saved. And if you have, however long you've been saved, Satan's been trying to tempt you, and he's never going to stop. He's never going to leave you alone. He's just lurking behind, waiting, and we have to be smart about it. So how do we overcome this? I just got a couple things here. So how do we, let me give you a couple steps to overcoming this uh, thing uh, uh, called temptation, because we're all going to face it. And uh, if we're going to be true God chasers, we can't be distracted. Because the distractions of the day, as I said earlier, they're very, very egregious and they are very, very upfront and in our faces. And so I'll give you a couple of things that I think that is applicable to us today that Jesus had mentioned back uh, when he was walking the earth. And it says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 and 41, Jesus was about to be arrested and charged for fake crimes. They were going to arrest him right before his arrest. Jesus was in the garden. He was praying. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 to 41, then he came to the disciples. Jesus was praying hard. I mean, you know, he was praying because he needed strength to do what God had called him to do. Just like you and I, we need strength to fulfill our purpose. Then he, called, then he came to the disciples. Jesus got up and went to his posse because, you know, he wanted to know that they, were, they had his back. That they were praying with him. And he found them sleeping. He found them sleeping. Isn't that interesting? I wonder how many of us are asleep today. Sleeping when we should. I mean, I'm talking sleeping spiritually. Spiritually asleep. Now, they were physically asleep, but many of us are spiritually asleep. He came to them disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? In other words, you couldn't even pray for one hour because Jesus knew exactly what was coming because he was in prayer. See, one of the things prayer does is it, it, it reveals. See, if you're, if you're communicating with God on a regular basis, God will show you ahead of time. and He'll protect you. He'll tell you, look, watch this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Watch out. It's coming. Be careful. That's the benefit of praying and seeking God on a regular basis. The God had warned you, and Jesus was praying. Jesus knew exactly what was happening, but the disciples were asleep. When you say, well, Pastor, they were tired. I get it. But, 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 but they were in spiritual warfare. At that moment, the most defining moment, they were asleep. And you know, when the pressure came, when they came to arrest Jesus, what did all of them do? They ran. They fled. When many of them said, Lord, like Peter, I won't leave you. We'll stay here. Man, when the pressure came, they all left. And I really believe that a part and part of that is because they were asleep when they should have been praying. 
Jesus found them asleep. He said, could you not watch with me for an hour? But here's what he says. Watch and pray. Pray and watch. Watch and pray. Pray and watch. Whatever order you want, you need, the bo- you need both. If you're going to defeat temptation, you need both. Watch and pray. Pray and watch. Lest you enter into temptation. Do you see what he says? He said, now do both. Pray, seek God, because you're going to have to talk to God. You're in prayer. God's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the wisdom. He's going to give you the ability to be able to overcome it. And he said, you need to be watching at the same time. So watch and pray. Why? Because your spirit is willing. See, I believe all of us want it. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to obey God, right? We all are, are in, our, in our spirit. I mean, we really want to obey God. But here's the problem. Our flesh is weak. Our spirits, we want to do right. But man, our flesh is weak. So Jesus says, he says, he gives an insight. He says, okay, if you're going to overcome the temptation, the temptation that are out there today, the lure of Satan to try to pull you outside the will of God, to try to pull you into things that are not right. If you're going to overcome that, he said, you got to watch and pray, pray and watch, watch and pray every single day. You got to do it. Why? Because it's going to give you, and I can tell you, if you're not doing one or the other, you're going to end up giving in to temptation. Satan's going to do, he's going to, he's going to work you overtime. So we got to be smart about it. And, and particularly as Christians, because Satan attacks us all the more because we're believers, because we're walking with God. Proverbs 22, 3 says, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So a wise person foresees the evil. All right. You don't go with the flow. Amen. You make the flow go with you. You go in the opposite direction. You go against the grain. God called us to go against the flow. He says a prudent man, or I like to say a praying man or a man that's seeking God. He foresees the evil because if you're wise, you're going to seek God. If you're prudent, you're going to seek God. Foresees the evil and he hides himself. In other words, he makes sure that he don't put himself there in a place where he can be tempted. All right. And but the simple pass on and are punished. That's why the Bible says that we walk in the spirit and we don't walk according to the dictates of our flesh. We make wise decisions. Proverbs 4, 26 and 27 says, ponder the path of your feet. Ponder. Think about. Consider where you're going. Think about it. Um, my son, Jeremiah, he, he'd tell you, um, you know, he was uh, wanting to ride out with a friend. And, I, you know, I said, uh, and, and me and his mother, we have a tendency. We don't just, we tell him all the time. We said, well, well who, who are these people? Who are you riding with? Uh, what do they normally do? Where are they going? And he said, we're just going to go riding. And we says, no. We said, no, we ain't going to just go ride. Now, the person who is not spiritually discerning, they listen to that and say, well, the boy just want to go joy riding, just riding around. It. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, we, we don't want, you know, there's a lot of things happen when people just go riding, looking for stuff to do. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, here's what I try to teach our kids. I try to teach them to be purposeful in the decisions that you make, to be disciplined. If I'm going to get in the car with you, where are we going? I don't ride with nobody. I'm an adult now. I don't ride in nobody's car. When's the last time you as an adult said, let's just get in the car, let's go ride around? I mean, I mean, usually you have a target, right? You got some place that you're going. 
I don't just jump in. The point being is, I'm not trying to be picky. I'm just saying we got to be purposeful. We live in a time right now where we got to be discerning. We have to know. We have to understand, man, that the devil is after us. And so we're not going to just jump in with anybody. We're not going to rob anybody. I don't know you like that. And so, therefore, since I don't know you like that, I'm not going. Well, what's wrong? With, and nothing wrong. I just don't know you like that. See, it's just being wise. It's being discerning. It's being under, it's, it's, it's understanding. Um, you know, the times that we're in, because you see, God chases our people of purpose. That's what they do. They just, they're purposeful. They don't just do anything idly. They think about it. They ponder their path at their feet and they let all their ways be established. They don't turn to the right or to the left. They make sure that they're going in the right direction. They think about it. They plan their steps. They believe God. They ponder, they pray. And then finally, I'm going to give you a good tip as we close this message today in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Um, because God is not going to take the temptation away to we've established that, right? So you're not going to have a moment in time as a Christian where you're just not going to be tempted. We've already made that clear. God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. So you know that he's going to allow you to be tempted. Why did God, why did you do this to me? God is your fault. It ain't God's fault. <laughs> You know, because God didn't make us give in to temptation and God didn't make us follow that path. It's a choice. But I want you to understand that there's a way to get out of temptation and a provision God has made for us. And it's found in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Bible says that no temptation has taken overtaken you except such as common to man. Right. So no temptation. So everything that. That's. People, areas that people are being tempted in is common. Everybody is on some level. They're experiencing these kinds of various temptations. There's no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. How do you believe God is faithful? He's a faithful God who will not allow you to be tempted. And a lot of us use that verse, right? God is, God is not going to allow me to be tempted above that which I'm able. In other words, God, how many of you have heard this? God is not going to put on me more than I can bear. I mean, you've heard that before. But, but watch what God does. So God is faithful now. Now, watch, I want you to listen to this verse carefully. He said, now, no, are you listening? Say amen. He said, now, God is faithful. Right? So meaning that he's not going to let you be tempted above what you're able. So what is he going to do? Is he going to remove the temptation? Is he going to change it? Or is, what is he going to do? How is he, gonna, how is he going to be faithful to us and not allow us? To give in to this thing. Well, let's keep reading. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. But with the temptation. With the temptation. With the temptation. But with the temptation will also make the way of what? Escape. So how is God going to be faithful so that we don't get tempted beyond that what we're able? Watch this. In every temptation, every unholy, ungodly temptation, there's a way of escape. Are y'all hearing me? In every ungodly, unholy temptation, God is, particularly if you're a child of God, there is always a fire escape, as I put it in those words. There's always a way out. God's going to show it. Now, we, but, but watch this. But we have to do it. We have to see. I'll give you an example. So I work in this, I work in this school. 
and uh, I, I'm a, a security specialist. And so part of my responsibility is making sure that we have evacuation plans that are in place in case there is an emergency that happens in the school. And so for every classroom, depending on where you're situated, uh, we have on their wall these evacuation routes. You know, like if you go through the school now, you'll see them, you'll see them here. And so what these evacuation uh, uh, routes do is there are ways in which if there's an emergency coming to school, this, this is how we get out, right? And, um, but you know what? Here's the thing. There, the evacuation routes are there, but how many know that they got to choose to take it? Right. Because if there's an emergency. Right. And they say, well, you know what? I ain't going to I'm just going to stay here and they get compromised. Then they made a choice. So the evacuation uh, routes and the map is all there. And it tells you, OK, here's the way. To, here's how you get out. But you got to take it. Same thing with us as believers and every temptation God has evacuation routes. He, he, he's making a way of escape. We can get out of it. If you just ask the question, you can say, you know, in, in every temptation, Instead of just, you know, being consumed with it, being just being just, just just focused on the temptation, just say, Lord, what's my way of escape? Look for it. How do I get out of this mess? Everybody who has fallen prey to temptation, if you think about it in your own life, if you just think for one moment, if you can look back and ask yourself the question, when I did this, what was my way of escape? I bet you'll find it. If you think, if you think right now and say, Whatever that temptation was that you gave into, there was a way of escape, right? You want to eat that chocolate cake at 1 o'clock in the morning? How do you know there was a way of escape, right? You can go to sleep, cut the light off, right? <laughs> I mean, you follow what I'm saying. You can remove it all. I mean, there's different things we can do. I'm just making a point. That every temptation, there is a way of escape so that we can bear it. He's not going to remove it. So that you can bear it and overcome it. That's what God is about. So he's, he's making us spiritually strong because in this generation, we have to choose to be a God chaser. We have to choose to not give in to temptation. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Father, in Jesus' name.